Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Hello and welcome to Keeping Up Appearances, the luxury podcast. If you hadn't guessed already, this is the companion podcast for exploring the world of Hyacinth Bouquet in the hit BBC sitcom Keeping Up Appearances. My name's Jonathan Vernon-Smith and of course with me, William Hanson. Hello, we're here because we absolutely love Hyacinth. We're wany elm weirdos and just... (laughs) (laughs) You speak for yourself. And just love the world of keeping up appearances. And we want you to enjoy it as much as we do. We certainly do. Now, in each instalment of this luxury podcast, William and I will take you through an episode of Keeping Up Appearances, delving deep into the world of the bouquets. But before we discuss it, just give us a plot summary for this episode, please, William. Okay, this is Series 2, Episode 5, Problems with Relatives. Hyacinth interrupts Richard in the middle of an important meeting at work with a series of family crises, ranging from Daddy's suspect elopement to news that her brother-in-law Bruce is sulking up a tree because Violet won't let him wear one of her party dresses. Onslow and Daisy get involved. Onslow is very annoyed because Daisy interrupts him in the betting shop to tell him about Daddy. A missionary wishes he'd never called at Hyacinth, although Emmett finds it very amusing, especially as it was he who had sent him round to her after the missionary had called at Elizabeth's. Mm. Do we rip the plaster off at this early point and say that this might be one of the weaker episodes? Well, you think it is. I'm not so sure. Sorry, I'm just getting the roll. Dalton with the hand-painted Bedewinkles out. You think it is. Mm. I quite like this episode. I'll be honest, Um. I like it. It's got it's got some nice little bits in it, which I'm sure we'll discuss. I've got mine as well. Do you want a beaker, dear? <laughs> One day when we come over, I'm going to drop something on your rug. <laughs> Don't you dare! <laughs> but but there are some very weak moments in it. But who knows? Maybe you can convince me as to why this is a this is a okay episode. Well, we begin. With, as you mentioned in the synopsis, Liz and Emmett are discussing the missionary who's been to their house. And Emmett has rather wickedly sent the poor chap next door to Hyacinth. Mm. Now, I think there's some rather nice moments here. I mean, first of all, she's invited the missionary into her house. Yeah. Who does that? Well, now, this is this is something. Does this still happen now? Having what? missionaries knock on your door? Well, I've never touched wood... As mm-hmm. a devout atheist myself, yes. ever had a missionary come to my front door? No. Many years ago, when I was a child, my brother was three years younger than me, um, and I was off school sick. My mum needed to take me to the doctors, and my brother was being a little devil, and he refused to come to the doctors. And my mum, it was getting very late for the appointment. Mm. In the end, in, in a state of desperation, my mum said to my brother, right, just sit there in front of the television and don't answer the front door. When we returned from the doctors, 
my brother let Jehovah's Witnesses in. There were copies of Watchtower all over the copy table. <laughs> and the Jehovah's Witnesses gave my mother a piece of their mind for having left a small child alone in the home. Well, that's a bit rich. Yeah. So yeah. we've had Jehovah's Witnesses in the house. <laughs> did, your, did your brother get told off? He's now a devout Jehovah's Witness. <laughs> <laughs> he's not, is he? No, no he's not. <laughs> no, he's not. <laughs> they signed him up, age yeah. five. <laughs> no, he wasn't five, was he? He was young, but far too young to be left alone. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Never mind. Never mind. Um, well, yeah, so so we there are a couple of... There's a scene at uh, Elizabeth and Emmett's, then we go over to Onslow and Daisy and Roses, and then back to back to the first scene in this episode at Hyacinth's house, and we see the shoes outside the front door. Yes. Now, I, I think it's very common. To We've take the shoes off. We've discussed this previously, mm. but yeah. I don't think you should ever ask guests to take their shoes off. You should never ask, no. I would say never ask, unless their feet look filthy. You know, if they've if they've come in from a dog walk or something and they've gone through a field, mm. I think fair enough to ask. But if guests just slip their shoes off, that's that's fine. Mm. And maybe guests might slip their shoes off because the house is just so immaculately clean they mm. couldn't bear staining anything. Yeah, like here, like here. You thought I'd had my carpets cleaned. I thought you had had your carpets. Why was that? I was delighted. I mean, I haven't. No. Although my Henry wash has made many an appearance. Well, you see, it's the Henry wash. When were you last Henry washing? Uh, last time the cat threw up. Right, yesterday. <laughs> which she does quite frequently. <laughs> Your Henry wash, we should just say, it's like a, a Henry Hoover, but it washes the carpet. Yes. Yes, you have given me a full demonstration. Yes, I have. In mm. person and on Zoom. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's how we got through lockdown. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. Um, so, yeah, anyway, we, we, we turn to uh, Hyacinth. The missionary is looking a bit alarmed because mm. uh, clearly he has thought this would be quite an easy, easy one. But actually, his sock choice is questioned by Hyacinth. Unchristian. Yes, very unreligious looking yeah. sock. Yes. Although I think they're quite fun socks. They're quite fun. What sort of socks do you wear? I like a, um, a special sock. From a well-known, from a well-known shop, from the I, Edinburgh Woolen Mill. No, from it's well, it's from Marks and Spencer. But I like Marks and Spencer socks because they put something in them that stops them smelling. Oh, do they? Yes, there's a special thing. Do I they advertise that? Called Cool and Fresh, and they don't smell. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I could run a marathon. My feet would still smell beautifully clean. Oh, mm. but what colour? Do you match them to your trouser, or I do you match them to your shoe? I have some on now. Navy with a coloured toe. Yes. And a coloured ankle. Yes. Heel. Show, show a bit of personality. That's right. Mm. Just a little zhuzh of colour. Yeah. No, I don't mind a comedy sock from time to time. I've seen you wearing some ridiculous socks. I think I'm in I'm in some sort of uh, blue... blue. Oh, I've got a comedy heel and toe as well. Have you? Yes. Are they from Mark's? No, they're not. They're oh. from Charles Tirrett. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Do you get 60% off? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, you've got to be a fool not to, not to get money off at Charles Tyrrell. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's money off for everything. <laughs> so yes, anyway, so the the Christian missionary is is trying to disappear. Uh, off off he goes. He wants to he wants to leave as quickly as he has arrived. Yes. Onslow, Daisy, and Daddy, meanwhile, hmm. are having one of their usual problems. Is this um? Is this when Daddy's has Daddy gone gone missing? Uh, he hasn't gone missing at this point, but they are, they're pushing... Daisy and Onslow, we see, pushing down a, a street near where they live. And they're pushing him in a wheelchair down the road. Are they? You've got it playing in the background. Mm. So, oh, OK. 
Why are they doing that? Why are they taking? They're just going out for a walk. I've written Onslow, Daisy, and Daddy with absolutely no explanation. (laughs) What was the point of that note? Elizabeth arrives for a coffee. Yes, for one of her many coffees. I know. I enjoyed this scene. Yes. Because Hyacinth talks about her singing, because obviously she's Mm. still very impressed with the fact that Elizabeth's brother, who's musical, Emmett, has moved in next door. And Hyacinth tells Elizabeth that her Sheridan has always loved his mummy's singing. Sheridan used to love to hear his mummy sing. Even as a tiny child, when I sang, it could reduce him to tears. That lovely line. Which is coincidental, because I think Emmett is reduced to tears as well. Everybody is. Yes. I mean, when I sing, people are just, well, they're shocked. They're transfixed. That's quite right. Yes. It's quite right, too. So um, the phone rings. Elizabeth, of course, spills the coffee. All over the rug. Yeah. There's that lovely passive-aggressive line from Hyacinth, which I quite like, when she's obviously trying to make Elizabeth feel okay about the spill. But she says, we were thinking of changing the rug anyway. Yes, and I think she throws the cloth <laughs> at Elizabeth. Staining Elizabeth's top. Sta- I mean, who cares about Elizabeth's top? She's ruined Hyacinth's rug. So why mm. not throw the cloth at her? Anyway, it's her sister Violet on the phone. Bruce is up a tree. Of course he would be up a tree, because yeah. that's fairly normal standard behaviour for Bruce. Well, how long has he been up a tree? <laughs> oh, boys are always climbing trees. Yes, I know he's 53, but they never really grow up. I once caught Richard playing with a frisbee. He says it was one he'd found, but I've never been sure. (laughs) Sometimes on sleepless nights, when my head's swimming with the responsibilities of organising another candlelight supper. (laughs) Sometimes I wonder, did he buy the frisbee? I don't think I've ever been up a tree. Have you not? No. I'll level with you. I'll tell you a story, and I can't reveal who... But somebody I know recently told me that they had had sexual intercourse up a tree. Now, how do you even do it up a tree? Oh, you don't imagine a twig going up the wrong thing. (laughs) Is that that a branch? Oh, it's amazing! (laughs) It it wasn't my (laughs) neighbours. Anyway, Bruce is up a tree. Now, I love the fact that Hyacinth... When she hears that Bruce is up this tree, Mm. she does this wonderful comedy blinking and then she falls backwards against the wall with sheer shock. Again, it's Patricia Routledge's brilliant physical comedy. She leans up against the architrave. uh, And, and, oh, that figurine, you know, they have those little figurines in the alcove by the telephone. Yes. Apparently it's German tat. German tat? That's what what a leading ceramics expert, my friend Stephen Moore told me why would hyacinth have that well i don't know you see i think that's probably it looks good they didn't ever imagine someone like you would look it up no (laughs) with the uk's leading ceramics expert (laughs) yes they thought they'd get away with it uh but i suppose it looks the part but they aren't they aren't sort of priceless figurines or anything like that (laughs) onslow and daisy are in the bookies well Onslow's in the bookies, Daisy is outside, and Onslow is obviously taking too long in the bookies. And it's interesting that Onslow refers to this as he's working. This is him trying to bring home some money for the family, which is obviously a bit of a spurious way to to earn some money. Have you ever been in a bookies? No, 
But I did once at school, when we were 17, report my friends for going to a bookmaker's. Oh, you're such a snitch. Honestly. I Did anyone ever give you a damn good thrashing when you were at school? No, surprisingly. Um, <laughs> they should have done. Yeah. <laughs> my friends found out that it was me. I mean, they didn't, they didn't need to be. They were your friends and you reported your own friends for going in the bookies. I was looking after their moral fibre. Oh, dear, oh, dear. Have yeah. you ever been in a bookmaker's? I've only been in a bookmaker's once. Oh, right. I went out with Bedfordshire's traffic cops. <laughs> Why? Just for those that just don't to, know. Just to experience what it's like. Because you are obsessed with those sort of crime police traffic cop shows, aren't you? you? Well, yes. And I'm also upset. I'd like to be the Home Secretary. But I would be very hardline. You see, I would introduce routine tasering of all suspects as part of the arresting process. But I was out with Bedfordshire's traffic cops. And suddenly we were buying a kebab. <laughs> <laughs> and all of a sudden... The radio came through. Panic alarm has been sounded in Coral's Bookmakers. So we had to leave the kebab. I, to this day, I've never had a kebab. Um, we had to get in the car. We drove at lightning speed with the blue lights flashing. It was so exciting. And we arrived in Coral's Bookmakers and he'd gone. Oh. That's it- the only time I've been in a bookmaker. <laughs> but I think it was very exciting. So what had this person done? Well, like- he's being abusive because he didn't win. Oh, he wasn't. It wasn't a hold up or something. No, it wasn't a hold up. He was a little bit bonkers, I think, and because he didn't win, he decided to start smashing the perspex screen. Oh, yeah. No, okay. So you, okay, so you haven't gone into a bookmaker's to bet. Never. No, I have to say this bookmaker's in this program looks very unlike what I would imagine a bookkeeper's bookkeepers <laughs> bookmakers <laughs> <laughs> looks like. In that it's it's sort of just like this sort of Georgianish property with a a blue door that they've stuck a sign next to saying Hmm. bookmakers yeah well it's just yeah it didn't look like corals no bedford no with all those sort of you know posters in the window or anything like no no not uh but where daisy goes into chivy onslow along and when they both go out daddy has gone this is when daddy's done a runner and it turns out that they've both given him one of the sleeping pills thinking the other hadn't so he's. I don't quite. I don't. I don't quite get if he's had two sleeping pills. He'd be asleep. He'd be asleep. I'm not sure he'd be able to walk off. But instead, he's off his face. Clearly, <laughs> he's on the loose. He's on There's the a loose. Daddy da- on the loose. Daddy's on the loose. Then we cut to Hyacinth, who's on the phone to Richard, and this is rather interesting, isn't it? Because mm. we see Richard in the boardroom at work. First time we've seen Richard's work environment. It's very nice. I'd like a boardroom like that. Now, you have a boardroom at work, I believe, at your work. Well, you can't compare it to that. We have polystyrene roof tiles. Right. So it's it's quite sort of... Uh, well, this was 30 years ago where things were a little nicer. Where local authorities had money. Mm, not anymore. No. No. Uh, they'd be pleased for a polystyrene roof tile they now. And, <laughs> in the they local would, they had to sell them. Yes. But no, it's it's a sort of a nice sort of sage green wall boardroom and we see uh, some sort of suits I think they'd be called sort of middle-aged men in suits mm. pottering around there are two ladies uh, so it's relatively for the time quite well balanced from a gender perspective so yes. well done Richard's local authority on on that point and Richard is trying to get out of helping Hyacinth with the problems yes because she phones him while he's in the boardroom and he has to break away from the meeting and go and talk to her. And he's he's rather furious with her, isn't he? Yes, for interrupting 
his working day. All right, all right. I, I'll get away as quickly as I can. Well, I thought I was speaking in a cooperative tone. Well, I show you how Cynthia was meant to be a cooperative tone. Yes, I'll get away as quickly as I can in a cooperative tone. He's very annoyed with her, but Hyacinth comes away from the phone. Mm. Now, of course, we'd left Hyacinth having coffee with Elizabeth. Elizabeth's just ruined the... the yes, Elizabeth the goes down on her hands and knees to sort it out. And I love how when Hyacinth comes back in from the phone, she's furious and distracted. Because Richard has, uh, well, he's clearly not offered to come straight home and drive her to Violet's. And she forgets that Elizabeth is there. <laughs> and she she goes about doing a lot of stress cleaning. She does. She does. That's a very good way of putting it. Do you do stress cleaning? I oh, love yeah. to clean when I'm stressed, mm. yeah. Oh, yeah. You must be very stressed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, she uh, she realises Elizabeth's there and then realises she uh, wants to get rid of her. Mm. Um, so tells her she better go, really. Elizabeth goes to leave from the back door. Good heavens, <laughs> dear! Not through the back door! I do think it's odd that Elizabeth goes to the back door because I don't think we've ever seen Elizabeth leave from the no. back door No, uh, at that point. But there's that fabulous comedy. You see, this is why I don't understand why you don't love this episode because you've got the whole moment of Elizabeth... Wants to go through the back door. Hyacinth takes her to the front door, but when she gets to the front door, to her horror, she sees Onslow and Daisy arriving, <laughs> presumably asking for, assistance, for some assistance to look for Daddy. So Hyacinth quickly decides, actually, Elizabeth does need to go back to the back door, guides her back to the back door. Hyacinth then gets herself trapped behind the back door and goes... Great moment. It's a like no, that isn't this is a Come nice on. scene. And both Josephine Tewson, who plays Elizabeth, and <laughs> <laughs> are very good at physical comedy and very good at farce as well. And she's insisting, of course, Hyacinth insists that Elizabeth looks at the tulips and Richard talk Sheridan or is it Richard or Sheridan? Don't know. Richard, I think. I'll give you both for the edit. Richard talks to them for hours. Sheridan talks to them for hours. Producer's <laughs> <laughs> looking at me with despair. Yeah. And then, of course, she goes, Hyacinth goes back to the front door in order to quickly get Daisy and Onslow in. Yes. And, of course, putting a jacket on Onslow because he has turned up in a vest. Well, it's a kind of woolen tank top, isn't it? Yes, but he's not wearing anything underneath. No, naked arms. His tattoos are visible. I do wonder if they were Geoffrey Hughes's actual tattoos or whether they were put no, on. I think they're put on. Are they put on? Onto tattoos. I think so, yeah. But isn't he all goosebumps? He's a mass of goosebumps. Mass of goosebumps! <laughs> Which I like to think is Hyacinth's polite way of saying he's very large. And actually, it's not he's a mass of goosebumps. He's just fat. We can't have your tattoos exposed <laughs> to the elements. I'm boiling. No, no. Look at you. You're a mass of goose pimples. Well, she puts one of Richard's jackets on that doesn't fit, which in itself looks funny, <laughs> and then goes to call Richard again, leaving Onslow and Daisy in her kitchen. It's rare that we see those characters in Hyacinth's living space. So I, I do like this about the episode and that we, we obviously see Hyacinth go over a lot to Onslow and Daisy's, but we don't see it very often the other way around. No, that's true. And I love the fact when it cuts to uh, Daisy and Onslow in Hyacinth's kitchen, Daisy is marvelling at how clean Hyacinth's sink is. Oh, you can see your face in it, she says. I love a clean sink. Now, 
You, we both love a clean sink. Oh gosh! Your sink is the talk of your postcode. I can't, I can't abide a dirty sink. How can anybody have a dirty sink? How often do you clean your sink? At least once a day. Yes. Very often, twice a day. Yeah. Depending on what I've done in the sink, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, you don't want a dirty sink, but I have quite a process for for cleaning my sink now. Tell us. It's three products. <laughs> three. Yes. Yeah, so I like to use initially. I like a cream cleaner. Okay. So I use a cream cleaner. And we should just point out your sink is stainless, stainless steel. Stainless steel. Yeah. It's a stainless steel underset in a granite worktop. Mm. So I use the cream cleaner first of all. Then after that, rinse that off. Then I like a stainless steel spray. Yeah. Then after that, what I like to do, this is something new I've started doing. I then give it a disinfectant spritz and a high buff polish. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not joking. I'm not joking. I'm being serious. All with your microfibers. Always. Well, I use two. Oh. Oh, yes. So that's how I do my sink. How do you do yours? <laughs> well, I, I presume what the stage you didn't talk about is any detritus in the sink. I sort of, you know, flush down the, the thing or collect in the little you don't plug. You flush it down, you block your you bend. <laughs> my u-bend out of this <laughs> but i get rid of it normally collecting it in that little you know the plug container mm. chuck that in the bin yes so it's nice and clean give it a brush down with the brush oh yes and then i use my products in Lovely. a similar way to you but i don't do the high buff polish always do a high buff polish and i think that's what hyacinth has done which is why daisy can see her face in it yes well you can't see your face in mine can you not no but i i <laughs> I think we're brushed stainless steel. <laughs> oh, that's the phone, dear. It's probably my sister, Violet. We'll be back momentarily. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss and we're back bucketheads and we're still having daisy and onslow in hyacinth's kitchen daisy's finished checking out the sink that's been cleaned with a high buff polish and onslow is eating biscuits yes he's eating hyacinth's biscuits without probably being offered uh, I think. I d- 
That's it. I don't know if, if anyone came to my house. I don't know if I have that many biscuits. I'm not. Oh, like I, I can't have them in the house. Oh, do you eat them? No, I'm a sucker for a hobnob. If I have oh. more, if I have biscuits in my house, I'll eat the whole lot. Oh. Hobnobs are. Oh dear, I can't have a hobnob. Oh. Ginger nuts. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm being silly today. <laughs> I like a Fortnum Mason Toffel Office biscuit. Have you ever had one of those? No, I. Haven't. I'll bring you some next time. No, don't. It's no good for I'll my. I'll bring fat you back. one. Bring me one. One. No, no more than one. It's terrible for my fat back. They're very nice. They're, you've seen them in the shop. They're in that big gold tube with the sort of hand painted stuff on. Have you had them? No. They're oh, nice. Lovely. Oh, they're delicious. Oh, Do you like prunes? Prune surprise? No. <laughs> Wrong episode. Not really. Oh, well, you'll love these. Oh. <laughs> okay, well, I look forward to one of your blop 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 So, obviously, Hyacinth needs to now go and rescue not only Bruce, but also Daddy. She needs to find Daddy. And she sends Daisy and Onslow on their way after she has left. She's quite canny about this because she realises she can't be seen leaving with them. So she goes to ask, or indeed tell, Liz and Emmett... That she needs a lift. Yes. Now, in the grand scheme of Hyacinth, I think she asks in a relatively reasonable way. I think there's something rather fundamental lacking. Well, yes. She doesn't say please. Mm. She says, are you going into town? Could you give me a lift? Which they say yes and yes. They say yes. And then she she does say, thank you. Mm. But she doesn't say, oh, could you give me a lift, please? No. Which... I think is a bit rude. Well, it is rude. You should always say please. If you're requesting something from someone else, it's very rude to not say please, surely. Oh, yes, no, you always say please. Yeah. I say please a lot. Why would she not have said please? Just a Well, because she isn't particularly polite, is she? She's, Do you think it's done deliberately? I think, I think it's a good bit of writing, because mm. it's revealing that she's sort of in that bossy dictatorial way of it's sort of... You, you're going to do what I want. I see. And Liz and Emmett do normally, well, Liz in particular, do. Liz does normally roll over for Hyacinth. So at least that's in character for her to go, oh, yes, of course I can, yes. yes yeah, yes. true. Emmett, of course, is worried about her singing at him. She gets out if she sings at him. And she doesn't do any singing. She doesn't sing. To be fair, she's quite well behaved from a, from a singing point of view. We next arrive at the registry office where... Hyacinth mistakenly thinks the registrar is trying to marry her daddy. Now, this registrar is quite well to do in the grand scheme of things. Mm-hmm. She's got, quite, you know, she speaks very well. She's dressed nicely. I think Hyacinth actually would could do a lot worse than that. That woman. I mean, it's probably a woman of a similar age. I was going to say Hyacinth would end up with a mummy the same age as her. Well, you know, there are worse things that that could happen. But I think you know, she looks very nice in her pussy bow. She accuses this poor woman. Wearing a pussy bow of kidnapping her daddy. Yes, without checking for facts at all. No. Even though this woman is clearly comforting her father. <laughs> but to accuse her of kidnapping, perfectly rational. Yes, absolutely fine. And this woman, Madam, I am the registrar. Yeah, lovely. Yeah. Predictable, but lovely. Yes, wearing her nice little corsage. They take Daddy out, and Onslow and Daisy are pushing Daddy in the wheelchair, and I love the fact that Hyacinth and Richard, who are behind, <laughs> Hyacinth says, Richard, 
Don't get too close. <laughs> she doesn't want to be seen with them. No, she was she was an early advocate for social distancing. <laughs> yes, keep her two metre distance yes. at all times. Richard, don't get too close. Uh, Liz arrives and offers them a lift. Which is, of course, not what Hyacinth wanted. Because she had to, uh, she had to earlier, before when they turned up at the register office, had to go through that process of, oh... There's Richard. He's probably organising something. Now, again, I mean, you say you don't like this episode. I love this scene because they have to try and get the wheelchair in the back of the metro. (laughs) And in the process of doing it, Onslow decides to drape Daddy over a wall. And Hyacinth is horrified at seeing her daddy draped over a wall Mm. and takes off one of her white gloves and spanks her daddy on the bottom with her glove. (laughs) How can you not love that? She's... As, I just as I, if it's daddy's fault. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, as we know with Hyacinth, it's everybody's fault but hers. Uh, and actually, to be fair, none of this is Hyacinth's fault. Actually, the daddy being drugged was was nothing to do with her, and Bruce up a tree is nothing to do with her. No, Hyacinth is trying to fix this. I, I just I think maybe the the daddy over the wall is a touch. We've strayed into Roy Clark's other program, Last of the Summer Wine. Yes, but I just love the spang. Would you? Well, yeah. Would you put your father over a wall? Have I ever dangled my father over a wall? I have never put my father in that position. But equally, your father is in a more... He's mobile, unlike Daddy. <laughs> yes, he's, he's mobile. He's clinging on. He's quite with it. I've never spanked my father on the bottom with a white glove either. No, well... Give There's it time. always time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They then there's some discussion. Um, of course, Onslow's sort of main concern about Daddy over the wall is that he never realised that Daddy wore rubber soles. No, which is quite a strange thing for Onslow to have noticed because Onslow wouldn't care about anything like that. No. We would. Yes, we would. We'd notice rubber soles. Always we? a leather sole oh. for a formal shoe. Quite. Yeah. I mean, a rubber shoe should only rubber soled shoe should only ever involve being a plimp sole, a pump. Yes. Some kind of action or if, shoe. Yes, or if you work around electricity. Yes. So you're earthed. Very, very, very true. <laughs> but I love a leather sole. Oh, yeah. Yes, no, no, it's, it's, it's the way forward. I had a pair of church's shoes. Mm-hmm. They were one of my favourite pairs of shoes. And I had them resold so many times, the young former criminal at Timpson said he couldn't do it anymore. <laughs> So there is a limit to how many times you can resell them. Apparently so. I went in there and he said, I can't do this anymore. (laughs) There's there's no more room to, there's nothing, no more leather to stitch them to. Um, and then they go to Violet's. Now, this is the first time that we see Violet's house. Now, in um, the book, It's Bouquet, Not Bucket, that Harold Snowd wrote, he writes that they, the, the production team, called it the paddocks and put that sign up. That wasn't in the script. And they added all those sort of nouveau riche elements that we see, the satellite dish, mm-hmm. the lots of white sort of faux stone statues mm-hmm. uh, and all the other sort of naff things that we see. And the doorbell that plays do-da, do-da. <laughs> Yankee Doodle Dandy. Mm-hmm. Which Hyacinth seems, when she presses it, she has that sort of slight air of, oh, this is sophisticated. Mm. Of course, it's absolutely not. Isn't there an, an episode later on where she presses Violet's bell and says, oh, it's even better than ours? Yes, I think there is. Probably series five. But I don't think it plays the same song then. No. Maybe it was one of those multi-tune doorbells. Yes. 
Talking of Hyacinth's doorbell, which is Westminster Chimes, which I think is actually quite smart, I did. Can you remember in Manchester years ago when I lived, I bought, I found a Westminster Chimes doorbell. I remember it well. Yes. Very, very executive. Happy day. Why, why don't you have one now? Uh, oh, you've got a luxury intercom. We've got an intercom. We've got an intercom and gate. Doesn't that play a form of Ackerbilk? <laughs> no, the intercom plays uh, Mozart's Turkish March. Oh, how lovely. Yes. Which just adds a touch of class to proceedings. They arrive at Violet's house. Hyacinth goes round the back. Mm. And, of course, there, up a tree, is Bruce. Yes, well, we, do, we don't see Bruce, but we see Violet sort of calves. Yes, That's substantial it. calves. Mm. Now, I don't think that that is Anna Dawson, who later went on to play Violet and was credited. I think that's just some sort of generic woman that they found and shoved up a tree. <laughs> Potentially someone from from the uh, production. Oh yeah, they've put in a nice skirt. Now, I, this is where I agree with you, where the episode maybe isn't the best because the end is very weak. Yeah, she comes back having seen that that uh, Violet and Bruce are up this tree. Violet's always very busy on a Tuesday. She's very embarrassed because obviously they're Elizabeth and Emmett and she doesn't want them to now see her sister with her weird husband up a tree. Mm -hmm. And at that point, Bruce falls from the tree. You hear this kind of crash and they say, what's that? And she says, oh, it's a willow warbler. Which is a very standard common type of bird. Yeah. Is it? Yes. Having I don't know up. what a willow warbler is. Oh, if you Google or YouTube willow warbler sound effect, it's sort of the generic is it? bird effect that you'd hear. Oh. So, yes, it's this rather weak ending. Oh, let's take Daddy in that direction. He's always like that direction. Yeah. Great. That's it. And then the music End starts. credits. Yeah. So, may, okay, maybe I don't hate this episode as much. There You've, are some funny moments. Come on, there are. There are some good moments, but there is a bit of dross. Yeah. But at least... What I do quite like, and this this is particularly prevalent in the next episode, is that sort of all the the main characters, other than Rose, who kind of doesn't really have much to do in this episode, but all the main characters are there intermixing. So actually it is one story that they're all involved in, in some way, rather than sort of separated plot lines. Nice. So that's good. Uh, before we go, we want to make sure that we were all paying attention. Uh, so let's see how much we all spotted. We have a question written for us by our keen producer. And let's see if we get it right. What song plays on Violet's doorbell? Oh. Oh, let me think. What's the name of the song? Well, you said earlier, Yankee Doodle Dandy. Correct, I believe. Is that the song? Is it the song or have I got that wrong? Which is in Faulty Towers as well. Basil sings it in Communication Problems. Yes. No, it's not Yankee Doodle. No, it's not. It's Duda. It's called Duda. Duda, Duda. Bobtown Races, isn't it? Do da do da do da day. Do da. Or is it Bob Camptown? Or is it Camptown? That was it. Do da do da. 
Do da do da day. Do da. So it's Camp Town Races. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I was right. Very good, yeah, well done. <laughs> well done, everyone. Now, if you want to keep up with the bouquets, you can listen back to William and I chatting through every episode before Series 2, Episode 5. There'll be a new episode of our Series 2 analysis every Wednesday, a very exclusive day, until the end. As always, we need your help, though, to let other people into the world of Hyacinth Bouquet and our podcast. If you wouldn't mind terribly picking up your white slimline telephone with last number redial, giving them a call and instructing them to join us, well, we'd be frightfully grateful. Goodbye. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.